Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show lined up for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. She is the our state senator as well as president of the uh, Florida State Senate. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. Seton Motley is the founder and publisher of Less Government. And we'll also visit with my wife, Linda, who will do a segment on what's happening around the world. It is March the 7th, and on this day in 1965 in Selma, Alabama, a 600-person civil rights demonstration ended in violence when marchers were attacked and beaten by white state troopers and sheriff's deputies. These days, events eventually became known as Bloody Sunday. The demonstrators, led by civil rights activist John Lewis of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee and Hosea Williams of Southern Christian Leadership Conference, were commemorating the recent fatal shooting of Jimmy Lee Jackson, a 26-year-old church deacon by State Trooper James Bernard Fowler. The group planned to march the 54 miles from Selma to Montgomery, the state capital, Just as they crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge outside Selma, they were ordered to disperse. Moments later, police assaulted them with tear gas, bull whips, and billy clubs. Excuse me, please. Lewis, then 25, was one of the 17 marchers hospitalized. Dozens more were treated for injuries. The violence was broadcast on TV and recounted in newspapers, spurring demonstrations in 80 cities across the nation within days. On March the 9th, Martin Luther King Jr. led more than 2,000 marchers to the Edmund Pettus Bridge. On March 15th, President Lyndon Baines Johnson spoke on the need for voting reform, something activists in Selma had long been fighting for. There's no issue of states' rights or national rights. There's only the struggle for human rights. We've already waited 100 years and more, and the time for waiting is gone. King completed the march in uh, Montgomery, along with 25,000 demonstrators, on March the 25th under protection of U.S. military and FBI. The route is now a U.S. uh, National Historic Trail, prodded by what Johnson called the Outrage of Selma. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 was signed into law five months later with the purpose of right that wrong. Lewis became a U.S. congressman from Georgia in 1986. He died in uh, 2020. If you haven't read Martin Luther King's letter from... uh, uh, the Montgomery uh, jails in Alabama. It is just really a fascinating read. Just encourage you to take a look at it. Uh, the letter from uh, from jail in Montgomery by Martin Luther King Jr. Well, Representative Dean Black, a Republican from Jacksonville, and uh, Senator Blaze Ingolia, 
uh, from Spring Hill proposed legislation to prohibit public unions from automatically deducting member dues from their paychecks. Instead, the union member would need to directly write a check to the union if the member wanted to participate. An employee organization that has been certified as a bargaining agent may not have its dues and uniform assessments deducted and collected by the employer for the salaries of those employees in the unit, the bill explains. <clears throat> DeSantis previously announced he wanted legislation that takes aims at teachers' unions for automatically deducting union dues from teachers' paychecks. First of all, you, totally, you do not have to join a teachers' union, but if you do, the government, we don't have, want to play a role in deducting anybody's money, so you write check every month for the dues, and you do it that way, DeSantis explained in December. <clears throat> the proposal, HB 11445, uh, makes exception for unions representing law enforcement officers, firefighters, correctional officers, and correctional probation officers. The legislation requires public employees who want to participate in a union to sign and date a membership authorization form beginning July 1, 2023. The membership authorization form would say the following, The state of Florida is a right-to-work state. Membership of non-membership or non-membership in a labor union is not required as a condition of employment, and union membership and payment of union dues and assessments are voluntary. Each person has the right to join and pay dues to a labor union or to refrain from joining and paying dues to the labor union. No employee may be discriminated against in any manner for joining and financially supporting a labor union for, or for refusing to join or financially supporting a labor union. <clears throat> Identical bill, uh, SB 256 was filed in the Senate. The Florida Education Association said the legislation seeks to silence educators and union members. We must join together to let legislators know this bill is bad for educators and bad for public education. Well, of course, exactly the re reverse is true. This is a great bill, and uh, <clears throat> there's no reason why the state of Florida should participate in collecting dues. The union should collect their own dues. I think this is a great bill. I hope it. Uh, I hope it passes. Florida will no longer be a member of the Electronic Registration Information Center, according to Florida Secretary of State Byrd. <clears throat> the Electronic Registration Information Center is a non-for-profit organization with the mission of assisting states to improve the accuracy of voter uh, voter rolls and increase access to voter registration for all eligible citizens, according to their website. Today's announcement follows efforts led by Florida over the past year to reform ERIC, that's that acronym, through attempts to uh, secure data and eliminate ERIC's partisan tendencies, all of which were rejected. <clears throat> Withdrawing from ERIC will ensure the data privacy of Florida voters is protected, the press release said. In 2022, Byrd said a working group of ERIC member states were formed and uh, proposed necessary changes to their membership agreement. The state said that their reforms would have eliminated concerns about ERIC's potential partisan leanings and made the information shared with ERIC more secure. Specifically, Florida backed the working group's proposal, including protections for confidential voter information and limiting the power of ex officio partisan members of the ERIC board. <clears throat> These uh, ex officio partisan members are not representatives of specific states and have undue influence over the organization and its decisions, said the uh, press release. Byrd said Florida had tried to back reforms to increase protections, but those protections were refused and they have lost confidence in the organization. 
In a recent statement, Eric's executive director, Shane Hamlin, said to follow widely accepted security protocols for handling. So in other words, he's saying, hey, everything's working fine here. There's nothing to see here. Well, obviously, the uh, state of Florida and other states feel the same way. West Virginia, uh, Missouri, uh, they've also withdrawn. And uh, sounds like a very good move. It sounds like, a uh, again, a shell operation to try to uh, protect uh, progressive uh, voters uh, and uh, causes. <clears throat> Glad we re- uh, withdrew. Well, President, uh, former President Donald Trump reacted to uh, Fox News anchor Tucker Carlson releasing new and unforeseen footage of the Capitol Hill riot that was unfolded on January the 6th, which appears to portray a different picture than the one that former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, tried to paint. I don't know if you saw Tucker Carlson last night, but it was fantastic. Throughout Tucker Carlson's segment on Monday, footage showed scenes that ran contrary to some of the narratives put forth by the likes of uh, Liz Cheney and uh, others. One particular uh, jarring piece of footage actually appeared to show Jacob Chansley, or the uh, QAnon shaman, uh, being calmly escorted through the Capitol by police officers. On Monday, during the broadcast of Tucker Carlson Tonight, Fox News Channel host Tucker Carlson aired and uh, discussed some of the footage uh, from uh, January 6. One portion of the footage uh, from the Capitol that Carlson discussed uh, touched on the timing of and cause of U.S. Capitol Police uh, Brian Sicknick's uh, death. Uh, Carlson talked about, uh, said the footage showed Sicknick was alive after he was allegedly killed by people at the Capitol, and the footage was viewed by members of the January 6th committee who refused to release it to the public. So it's the whole the non-select committee, as, they, as uh, Tucker's calling it, as the President uh, Trump is calling it, it was a sham. In uh, 2021, the medical examiner's office concluded that Officer Sicknick's death was due to natural causes. Another portion of the footage showed the movements inside the Capitol on January 6th of various people who entered the building, most notably the so-called QAnon shaman. Uh, Carlson said that uh, while some of the people who entered the Capitol were hooligans and uh, committed vandalism, others inside the Capitol aren't that that way uh, and uh, respected the building. In some of the security footage aired by Carlson, Chansley is seen walking near the police in a Capitol building, totally unobstructed and uninterrupted. Former President Donald Trump celebrated the segment and called it uh, one of the biggest scoops in U.S. history while demanding that January 6th protesters be released. You realize that uh, some of these people are still in jail and haven't been charged from January 6th, uh, 2022. Unbelievable. The unselect committee was a giant scam and now unequivocally been stamped as criminal fabricators of this most important day Trump posted on True Social. Pelosi and McConnell failed on security. The police story is sad and difficult to watch. Trump and most of others are totally innocent. Let them go free now, Trump uh, tweeted. Well, actually sent on True Social. The former president also congratulated Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy for releasing the footage to Tucker Carlson. A whole new and completely opposite picture has now been indelibly painted. The unselect committee lied, and they should be prosecuted for their actions. Nancy and Mitch are a disaster on security. Thank you, Kevin and Tucker. Free at last, he said. Free at last. Uh, What a segment by uh, 
Tucker Carlson. Uh, I'm watching tonight. I hope you will too. It is really fascinating and giving a completely different picture of January 6th. Well, arguing that a lot of uh, U.S. government's civil service protections for federal employees are unconstitutional, entrepreneur and 2024 GOP presidential candidate Raswami, Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy, has vowed to end public sector unions. I take a strong view of the Article 2 of the Constitution, he said. <clears throat> it says the president of the United States runs the federal government, runs specifically the executive branch of the federal government. That means, I think, a lot of those civil service protections are unconstitutional. I couldn't agree more. Article 2 allows the U.S. president to deliver on what the person who runs the country does, which is to oversee the federal workforce and fire government employees if necessary. If somebody works for you and you can't fire them, then they actually don't work for you, reasons Ramaswamy, author of Woke Incorporated. Uh, it's, this guy is really terrific. I actually would uh, just proceed with shutting down agencies, with firing a good portion of the federal workforce, he said. I think it's going to be at least a half of the federal workforce, and we'll be end up in we'll end up in litigation. Of course it will. But I think this Supreme Court, this is what has not always been true, but I think the su Supreme Court shares the view of Article 2 that I do. <clears throat> I think we... Uh, Use uh, that to settle, set judicial precedent and make sure that never again is there a president who's gobbled up by the administrative state and supposedly works for him, but actually has the relationship the other way around. And this Ramaswamy, he's a, he's, I don't think he's got a, a chance to become the candidate for president in the GOP, but he is a really smart guy. And I think he's going to make uh, the discussion around everything that's happening in, in the uh, primaries it's going to make, make it. It's going to elevate. I think the discussion, and uh, we'll watch him. Ramaswamy is a very interesting, interesting guy. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our state senator as well as president of the state senate. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Thank you. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, most health insurance plans don't cover international travel. You want to definitely be covered and travel with confidence. Uh, visit the website, internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with uh, Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us our state senator, as well as the president of the Florida State Senate, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Today's a big day. Today is opening day of the 2023 legislative session. And you are uh, actually leading the entire process, if I'm not mistaken, as president of the Senate. Yeah. So the Senate will gavel in at 930. And, um, um, well, you know, opening ceremonies, if you will. And I'll give my remarks. Uh, after that, the House will gavel in and Speaker Renner will give his remarks. And then I'll preside over the joint session of the House and the Senate uh, for the governor's State of the State address, which is at 11 today. I think off-air you mentioned that uh, our listeners can actually view this. Right. If you have um, the Florida Channel, some some of the new cable uh, companies in, in southwest Florida will carry it. It'll be on the Florida Channel. But if not, you can watch it online on the Florida Channel online. Interesting. So it yeah. sounds like a great opportunity for us. Well, <clears throat> the governor, of course, is on fire. And uh, just this morning, I read there's a couple of pieces of legislation, for example, prohibiting uh, collecting union dues <clears throat> for uh, people who want to join the union who are employed in Florida. Uh, I'm talking about public employees. And Well, the, yeah, the, the reason for that is that it takes the state out of the, uh, the union issues. Um, of course, members can still have, you know, they can put their, give them their credit card for, or, or, or online yeah. or write checks or whatever. It doesn't prohibit paying dues. It just would prohibit uh, payroll deduction uh, from, our, you know, their, their state uh, paycheck. Which is a great thing, I think, quite frankly. Yeah. How we ever got involved in collective dues for unions, <laughs> I have no idea. But I think it, <laughs> it gets the, uh, the relationship back in order the way it should be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of bills. We have a very robust uh, session uh, th- coming up. It's going to be long days, long nights. Uh, hopefully, we'll finish on time. Yeah. Now this uh, we, I put, we apparently dropped out of this Eric program. Are you familiar with that? 
Yeah, um, yeah that's the. Um, it, it originally started. It had had good intentions of a, a national database for uh, voter registration, uh, and the purpose of that was so that states could verify that if somebody was registered, came in to register in their state, they weren't registered somewhere else so that they could vote twice. Mm. But I think there have been some concerns about the data the uh, data security and the like. Um, uh, and so the uh, our uh, Secretary of State has withdrawn from the program. And he's not alone. There's other states that have withdrawn as well, apparently. Yes. Uh, the accusation is that the, there were some recommendations that a committee made and uh, none of it was followed up on. And uh, they, there's a duplication and right. <clears throat> all kinds of errors in the database. So uh, this is a good thing, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you think about a lot of these programs, it's all about leadership and uh, people people picking the right uh, individuals to lead the, the organization. And obviously that did not occur. Right, or ineptitude, or um, <laughs> using the organization for something other than its real purpose. So, well, that too. That too, yeah. So, uh, anything else top of mind for you, and what's going to be look, taking uh, precedent in terms of legislation proposed? Well, I'm very excited that my my two initiatives, the affordable housing and the wildlife corridor, are on the Senate floor this week. Great, and then we'll be sending that over to the House. Um, there's a lot more. Uh, a lot more going on. We're going to be, um, we have a lot of bills that are floating around, a few more being filed, so we're good. It's going to be a good session. I'm looking forward to, uh, to passing meaningful legislation and then a budget that is going to help all Floridians. So how's the opposition handling all this? I mean, you've got super majorities in both houses, and I, right. I occasionally read quotes from <laughs> coming from these people, which are pretty inept, quite frankly. Uh, any comments? Yeah. You know, they feel disenfranchised. You know, when you have a supermajority, you, you, you know, you can accomplish your goals without um, having so many procedural maneuvers, which is what, you know, they do. But um, I do not intend to lord it over the Democrats. Uh, I, we in the Senate uh, are going to get our business done cordially and civilly and then go home. And that's the only way to do it in, in a legislative body. There's no point in... Um, you know, stamping your foot and making all kinds of comments because uh, it doesn't go anywhere. So right. I, I, I feel pretty good. House is a little different. They're a lot younger and, you know, there's so many of them and, you know, they all want to make their mark. We don't have to do that in the Senate. Yeah. Wow. And it's a deliberative body and it, uh, of course, it, right. it all starts at the top. <laughs> so, exactly. Well, yeah. congratulations, Kathleen. I, it's a great day for you and uh, leading this whole process today. I just wish you the very best and so grateful that uh, you are our state senator. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me, please. We're going to visit with uh, Boo Mortensen. We'll find out. What's new with Boo? That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239 239- 
329-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratuskell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and they know the policy. They prepare elected officials to win and to have success in state legislatures, also with the federal government as well. I hope you'll visit the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley. Right now we have with us Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, it's my pleasure, and it's great to be back. Well, for our listeners' benefit, you probably uh, missed Boo for the last, I'm going to say, three or four weeks. Off to Australia and New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken. Could you yes. give? Uh, how did it go? You know, this is the biggest way from visiting both of those countries is that the people of both Australia and New Zealand are kind. They're laid back. They're generous with their time. They're courteous. They've got patience. If someone gets in front of them, they're like, no worry, no big deal. And we were, I spent uh, quite a bit of time in downtown Sydney. And if you go to, and it's a city of 5 million people, so it's a big city. And if you go to a big city in the United States, say New York or Chicago, it's loud. They're honking horns. There's sirens. It's, it's just loud. There's just a constant loud sound all the time in the background. Right. Sydney is, it's just quiet. Yeah. There's none of that. There's nobody honks horns. Nobody is screaming. It's, it's quiet. It's just amazing. And they're just, cause I feel Americans, you know, we, we become more agitated. We're ear tight. We've got anxiety. Their image of us is that we're all running around the country with loaded guns. <laughs> They they had a pretty. And tough... I said, "Well, it's not that far from the truth." <laughs> they had a pretty tough time uh, with uh, COVID and the yeah. lockdowns and that type of thing. Did you get any comments from people about that? <clears throat> to uh, you know, to excite people because they virtually closed their you know their both islands and they virtually shut down. Nobody coming in, nobody going out. They were very very restricted. You could go. 
Um, yeah, everybody really struggled with the government's policy of handling COVID. Uh, it was very restrictive. A lot of businesses went and, you know, there's, they, well, at least New, um, New Zealand is the size of Colorado. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's why they came out of it just, they're just the most kind, generous, uh, curious people, you know, someone stops to ask you something, it just seems like we Americans are always in a hurry thing. We don't have time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're always charged up and it was so pleasant to be around people that are just, they just kind of enjoy the moment more. I don't, and I know these are all vast generalizations, you know, don't get me wrong. But it just seemed like we as Americans, I don't know, we're always in a rush. We're always hurrying. Yeah. Well, you know what? It sounds like it was a, a great experience for you, kind of like a break shot in life, right? In, in pool, uh, you had a chance to kind of see a different, see the world from a, a different view, and uh, it was probably very enriching. It was interesting to think what they, to hear what they said, which in a nutshell is not much. Yeah. I don't have a lot of a high level of confidence in our leadership. Um, and they always say, boy, what's good for America is good for the America is strong. Uh, the world is a better place because of And I don't get the sense that they feel that. Yeah, for sure. Been really but, by, by the way, Boo, you're uh, breaking up just a little bit. I don't know if you can move closer to a window or something like that. But anyhow, uh that's that's so interesting, and uh, so your perception is that the, there's not a lot of respect for the leadership we have here in the West. Correct. Yeah, that's too bad. Well, well I'm just... I don't know that it's in any time soon. We we will see. So I understand that the, uh, your topic for the day is the uh, uh, Library the of Congress. Library of Congress. <clears throat> You know, I had no idea. You know, you hear the Library of Congress and you go, you know, it's, it seems like it's kind of another one of those boring government buildings. Yeah. But I had no idea. They have all the contents. Now, why they would want it, I'm not sure. But they have all the contents of Abraham Lincoln's pockets when he was assassinated. Wow. They have a handprint of Amelia Earhart. And they have hundreds of thousands of tweets. Now, what they get, what do they do with the tweets? I'm not sure. They get 12,000 new items that are, are given to them, donated to them, 12,000 a day. Wow. That is amazing. And did you know, uh, I actually had a guy that I was working with that had to take an exam and he's dyslexic. So he called the Library of Congress and they provided him, instead of having to read the material, they provided him uh, audio tapes of the material that he had to read it in order to take the exam. So that in addition to all the things that you're talking about, what is what a service for the people who might be blind or dyslexic to, to uh, provide that service. Right. And we never, when was the last time you ever called the Library of Congress? Have you ever thought to even call? No, I haven't. But you no, know, I uh, haven't. Early in our history, uh, probably in I think it was eighteen twelve, uh, we uh, attacked. 
I think it was Ottawa, uh, Canada, We Montreal, I'm not sure which city, but uh, it was kind of a failed effort on our part, but the, the French didn't have a sense of humor about it, so they came down and attacked Washington, D.C., burned down the White House, and the White House at the time actually included the Library of Congress. <clears throat> so it, it burned down in 1812, the original library. Uh-huh, yes. I'll be darned. Well, it rose again from the ashes. Indeed. It did. I, and they, it represents 400... You said it, it represents 400 what? 470 languages. Wow. I didn't realize there are that many languages <laughs> in the world. I didn't either. No, I didn't either. And also, do you know how many libraries in the United States? No, no idea. 116,000. <clears> 116,000 libraries in the United States. Right. When was the last time you went in the library? Well, you know, when I first came down to Florida and came to Naples, uh, I went and got a library card uh, from the uh, Naples Library here, here in North Naples. Uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I've never been back, <laughs> but I still have my library card. Yeah, but I think that libraries are underutilized and, and uh, undervalued, especially with the Internet. But aren't they wonderful places to go? They are. You know what? I remember when I was a kid, probably 8 to 10 years of age, uh, my mother would take me to the library once a week, and I would take the book that I'd been reading, take it back and get a new book. It was just a very big event for me. I just really appreciated it at the time. And uh, developed, a, you know, I think I really really helped me, I think, appreciate the written word. Well, I agree. I remember when my kids were young, we would always go to the library. I would check out about 10 books. Uh -huh. Then we'd come home and we'd read the books, and then we'd go back. And, you know, we spent a lot of time uh, when my kids were young in the library. And now as an adult, we don't at all. Well, you know, it's, uh, right now, if you want to donate your books, for example, to... Uh, let's say, uh, St. Matthew's house or someplace for the most part, they just don't even want to because they're, they're worthless in a sense. People just don't want books anymore. They can read online. They can read, uh, in their, uh, in their devices. You know, it's, it's kind of, they, I think the, the written word has lost value. To as long as people are reading, whether or not it's, uh, you know, a, a three dimensional book or it's, um, uh, the internet as long as you're reading that's a good thing indeed boo mortensen i can't tell you how much i enjoy having you here back on the show uh, oh i'm thrilled to be back bob uh, thrilled right. being gone a month is a long time it sure is it nothing like coming home is there right yes boo i just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show thank you so much for joining us my pleasure. All right. Have a good day. All right. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodge University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. 
You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. times they're changing and trends in funeral services are no exception. The traditional somber formal affair marking one's passing is transitioning into a celebratory event where family and friends can gather more casually in a relaxed setting that incorporates the comforts of home. Each of issues unique. We're all made up of little details that makes us different and irreplaceable. At Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens, there are many details that set them apart, differences you'll find nowhere else. Hodges Funeral Home at Memorial Gardens offers flexible chapel and event space, a modern funeral home, a celebration of life center, cremation options, and a 100% service guarantee. Call Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens at 239-597-3101. That's 239-597-3101. Or visit the website DignityMemorial.com. That's www.DignityMemorial.com. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Linda Harden. Uh, right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Good, Seton. I hope you're doing well as well. Doing well, thank you. Excellent. Uh, so tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and less than most people do. <laughs> I know, but it's a, it's a big task, and we're happy you're doing it. So you wrote a piece, which I found very interesting. Big government's misinformation lies also in the service of big banks. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, it's funny. I'm going to write about that again today. That's an older piece. Um, what, what the government is doing now is they're, they're act, acting as a protection racket for big business. They're not the, – the agencies that are supposed to protect the little guy and look out for the little guy um, are actually owned and operated by the big banks or the big, big businesses, whatever sector they're allegedly supposed to be regulating and looking at. Yeah. Um, and it's happening with, with the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Is, is this unconstitutional monstrosity that was created by the Dodd-Frank law that arose allegedly to address two big-to-fail banks. And what, of course, that law did was it made big banks bigger, right? 30% bigger, uh, while killing thousands of small community banks. And so it's become harder and harder for the little guy. Meanwhile, of course, obviously that's being changed now. But over the years, we had years and years of low interest rates because the government owes so much money that they kept the interest rates artificially low yep. to keep their interest payments low. And what 
so so what the the billionaires were doing to, uh, because of course you get a deduction on your mortgages is they borrow money against their art collections and their homes or their mansions and spend that money uh, to live on and so there are less and less banks to make loans for houses and, and other things, small business loans and that sort of thing. Yeah. And the, the billionaires are taking up more and more of them. And the, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is helping with that because, of course, as we know, and we see over and over and over again, more government makes it easier for big businesses because it wipes out small businesses that can't afford the size of the government. And so all of this is going on, you know, after, as I said, after about 10 years, thousands of community banks were killed. The big banks were bigger. The, the billionaires are in, the, you know, in cahoots with the uh, big banks. So they're borrowing what little money there is left to borrow after the government borrows to, you know, to service its debt. Mm -hmm. And it's just tightening the, the available capital. And, you know, as there's a, there's a, a graph, you can look it up online. As the debt to GDP ratio gets bigger and bigger, the economy grows less and less because, right. again, there's less capital for small business startups to get money to get started and start hiring people and growing their business and thereby growing the economy. So what you've got now is because of Dodd-Frank, because of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, you've got this tightening pie, this, this shrinking pie of available cash. Combined, of course, uh, let me add, oh, you always have to add this. Combined, of course, with the uh, government borrowing more and more and more to service its ever-increasing debt. And you've got a smaller and smaller uh, capital pie with which to work every year. Right. Which means the government has, I mean, the private sector has less room to grow every year. And it becomes an increasing, increasingly wide divide. You know, the left, the left is not always wrong on everything. And the wealth gap is a problem. Now, they've misidentified the problem and reasons why. But the wealth gap is a problem. And the gap between the wealthy and everyone else is bigger as small as government is and because government has gotten so big uh -huh. it pushes more and more people below the line that can no longer afford the size of government we've got and now we've shrunk all the way down you know we've shrunk that we've widened the gap so much we've shrunk the economy so much that it's become this little fiefdom for the very very wealthy and no one else is allowed in the in the in the game. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. By the way, wasn't the uh, Consumer Protection Bureau <clears throat> wasn't? I, I think the the deal was that the uh, person who's running it is not accountable to Congress or to really anybody. And it, the whole thing is unconstitutional. And and again, we we see this again with multiple agencies. Uh -huh. There's been court rulings that say this entity is unconstitutional. Right. And yet it continues on anyway. It has its own funding mechanisms. It doesn't get money from Congress. It can raise taxes on its own wow. and impose them. Um, the, 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 the head of it, it, it's actually constitutionally debated right now about whether or not the president can fire it. 
Now, of course, constitutionally, there are only three branches of government. Legislative, which is Congress, the judicial, which is the courts, and these agencies all are supposed to fall under the executive, the executive being the president, which means everybody in the executive can be fired by the president if it's constitutional. And, you you know, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, is allegedly an independent agency to provide independent expert opinion on, on their issues. Well, you can't be an independent agency because if you're an independent agency, you're a fourth branch of government, and that's unconstitutional. Right. And so, too, is it with, with the uh, CFPB. So interesting. You know, this uh, uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, now a candidate for president, he's, yes. he's proposed the exact same thing. Let's put the president in charge. Let him fire whoever he wants to fire. Everybody should be accountable him, to him in the executive branch. Uh, and uh, we should move forward. It's right. it was, it's, it, it, I guess it's literally a revolutionary idea because we had to fight a revolution to start the Constitution. We may need to fight another revolution to reimpose the Constitution. It's so interesting. See, and I tell you, the uh, this guy is going to, you know, I don't think he stands at prayer of uh, a chance of uh, becoming the candidate for president in, in the GOP. But... Oh, but I, I, no, I love the fact that he's in. I love the fact that, yeah. he's, you know, putting out the ideas he's putting out. Yep. No, absolutely. I, I, I like him. I like him a lot. Yes, yeah. I agree. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you'll check out lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She's always got some interesting ideas about what's happening here and around the world. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. 
Lou Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Great opportunity coming up on Sunday, March the 26th. It is the Optima Foundation Prince, the inaugural Education Freedom Gala. And uh, it's going to be terrific. It's going to be held at the Ritz-Carlton at Naples Tiburon. Uh, cocktail reception at 6 o'clock and dinner and program at 7 well, and who's going to be the speaker? The king of late night and champion for school choice, Greg Gutfeld, is going to be the uh, featured speaker. He's been called outrageous and outspoken, and neither of which he denies. He's a pretty funny guy, and he certainly has captured the late night TV market. So uh, he's going to be, and he's a big school choice champion. Also speaker, will speaking will be uh, our Congressman Byron Donalds. Erica Donalds is the Optima CEO and uh, she'll be there, as well as Corey DeAngelis, American Federation for Children. By the way, after the show, I'm off to uh, a board meeting for the Optima Education Foundation, and uh, we're just very proud to serve on an organization that supports uh, uh, charter schools here in Florida and uh, other states as well. So again, that's uh, the Sunday, March the 26th at the Ritz-Carlton in Naples, and you can go to Optima.Foundation to find out more. Optima.Foundation uh, uh, to find out or to get tickets. We have with us Linda Harden. Uh, Linda, so glad you could join us. Good morning. Good wasn't morning. wasn't uh, Tucker Carlson's show a blockbuster last night? Uh, it was fab. And you know, anybody that didn't see it, you certainly missed out because I thought Tucker just did a great job. He called he called it like he saw it, and uh, he didn't pull any punches. He was direct and and absolutely. Uh, he's already done a great job of going through what is it, fourteen thousand or 40? forty-two thousand hours of of tape from January sixth. <clears throat> And part two is tonight. Part two is tonight. So, uh, if you don't watch Tucker Carlson's on at eight o'clock on Fox, well, well, and and you're in the minority because everybody else is watching. It is. I mean, it's the most watched uh, program. By the way, it's the most watched program by Democrats, ages uh, eighteen to fifty-four. That's amazing. yeah. That's that's pretty telling. That's pretty, pretty telling. But it was just you know we were talking last night as we were watching it because because uh, Tucker Carlson brought uh, called out. Um, Adam Kinzinger and and Liz Cheney specifically about the fact that they lied, yeah. that they lied. And in addition to the chairman of the J6 committee, Benny Thompson, he says they are just liars, and here's proof. And then he went through this, you know, he showed the tape and pointed out about this um, Brian Kitnick that they that that the January 6th said uh, committee said that. Um, these these insurrectionists, quote unquote insurrectionists, killed him when in fact he's walking around the Capitol. I mean, there were so many aha moments watching that show last night. I just can't, I just can't get over it. Well, my hope is uh, this woman. What, what was her name that got killed? A- Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt. And he brought her up too. Uh, she was murdered, and and uh, he said that he said he was she was murdered by that. Um, that capital. Pl- they named. He named uh, the guy Michael Cannon. I think I can't remember his name. But in any event, uh, he should be he should be indicted and should be tried for murder because he shot her point blank. She had posed no threat whatsoever, 
And uh, it's a great injustice that this is all being swept under the rug. You know, what's really interesting, though, about Fox News, and we saw um, CPAC this weekend, and we watched Steve Bannon's speech again last night at CPAC. Mm -hmm. He called out Fox News. It is just a mystery to me how, how I mean, Jesse Waters did a, I mean, he's kind of flaky and he's got a big ego, but even he did a lead up to Tucker Carlson's show and said, you got to watch it. It just mystifies me how Fox News can try and and look the other way when when Tucker is bringing these blockbuster stories to light and he's getting all the ratings and they don't they don't see that. I mean, they don't see that. They, you know what they're doing this morning? They're they're rehashing the Murdoch mur case. Oh, we're going to have all these jurors on to say what they thought. That is so weak. I just cannot believe how they how they're thinking about it. Now there should be commentary on uh, starting this morning about Tucker Carlson and what was what was revealed. I mean, it's a big big story, and uh, Fox, you know, they they should be proud of actually owning it. I mean, they actually, Tucker Carlson is uh, one of the few people that's got the tapes. They haven't brought up one inkling of it but no we're going to bring up one more juror from the murdoch case and how did you come to this conclusion oh by the way they're all saying the same thing um uh, alex murdoch was a dirtbag we saw the video of of him lying and whatever end of story yeah. yet they're beating it to death it's just hysterical to me how how well toned you know the, it, it must be the paul ryan influence because it must it, because uh uh, just listening to uh, Tucker Carlson, I'm sorry, to uh, President Trump, he gave a two-hour speech at CPAC. It was awesome. It was awesome. Best ever. <clears throat> and he he basically, uh, or was it uh, was it uh, Steve Bannon that trashed uh, uh, Ryan and uh, others? Well, I he, I mean Bannon trashed him, but but uh, Trump said um, we're no longer the party of Paul Ryan, Carl Rove, and and Mitch McConnell. Right. So they they were tag teaming it, which was awesome. Yeah. Which was just awesome. But B Bannon just says, he says um, the Murdochs are 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 foreigners. They 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 don't live here, and yet they're trying and they're determined not to have uh, Trump in office again. To to uh, as so many rhinos are determined, they're working as hard as they can in order to try stop him. But you know what is so cool because. <clears throat> But little by little, bit by bit, all of them are being exposed. Yeah. You know, this, by the way, let's just do a brief drive-by on this Fauci thing, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and I posted um, a little bit about RFK Jr. revisiting on the Megyn Kelly podcast yesterday about how they had he had to poo-poo uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin as a cure for COVID because if he hadn't, that emergency use vaccine could never have been used, and, and he would have avoided um, making the, the millions of dollars that he did in addition to the Pfizer. Yeah. So, so all of this is coming to light again when now Fauci is being revealed as having um, doing a Dick Cheney moment and manufacturing a letter to, to, um, to promote his way of thinking um, three years ago. I, if I were Fauci, I'd be hiding under my bed big time. I, I mean, finally, I think that the, these lies. I mean, he is a he is just an outright liar, and I think finally it's all going to be exposed. You know what's really interesting too is that is that with Fauci, this Fauci information, uh, Maria Bartiromo has done an excellent job in exposing this stuff. She's had Jim Jordan on and whatever. Um, they're going to have a bunch of hearings next week or this week about um, all this stuff about Biden and whatever. But but with um, 
with Tucker coming out last night with those J6 movies. I mean, there's no, de- there's no denying that it was not an insurrection. There's right. no denying it. And you know who's coming out looking like real fools? The, the mainstream media. Absolutely. Because they promoted all this stuff ad nauseum. I mean, they took, they took what Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and all those other bozos did and ran with it and, and thinking that this film would never come out. And as much as you th- may want to poo-poo Kevin McCarthy, and I, you know I've done so because, yeah. because he's gotten so much money from Pfizer, but the fact that he let Tucker Carlson have first crack at this, um, he, gets, he gets big points from he me on that. He gets major points indeed. Speaking of which, by the way, you mentioned Fauci, and of course Robert Kennedy... Uh, wrote uh, the real Anthony Fauci. Oh, by the way, can I just say, you know, we've told our friends, oh, it's such a big book, it's such a daunting task. If you have not read that book, run, do not walk to your nearest bookstore and buy it. It is amazing. Oh, by the way, did you hear that that, uh, Robert F. Kennedy is toying with the idea of of running against Joe Biden in 2024? Which is, that was the point I wanted to make. Oh, you were? (laughs) Sorry. No, uh, the the point is that uh, if he runs uh, for the... uh, uh, primary in the primary for the Democrat nomination for president. Quite frankly, I mean, that's the one person in the Democrat Party that said, well, if we have to have a Democrat, I'd choose him. He's really an outstanding... You know what? Get the popcorn ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. Can you just imagine yeah. how, what, what that would look like? Yeah. I, that's, that's just um, crazy. Can I just uh, mention real briefly before you go... Yeah. Um, about this thing that I think is abhorrent that's happening in Naples, that, that, that the Naples mayor and the city council, some members of the city council is, is promoting or, or, or said grace over. I hate to use the phrase say grace. But they're saying it's okay for a drag queen show to, to, to um, beat little kids down in Naples. And, and I got a, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? A sur- not a survey, but a petition that I help send around um, to a lot of people. One of our friends sent it to me first. But people need to know about this. It's time to step up because because this is, this is we cannot let this happen to our children. We no. just cannot. We've got a lot of issues hanging fire right now in the city of Naples, and uh, it's pretty important. For example, uh, these some of these buildings are going to be condemned and torn down. And uh, so the question is, are we going to turn to another Miami Beach? Are we exactly. Are going to have high rises? You know, the probability is there that uh, we're going to start seeing uh, higher buildings going up in Naples, which is uh, pretty sad. Well, well, as long as, as long as the developers keep lining the pockets of the, of the commissioners. I mean, that's, why, that's one of the reasons why um, Alfie Oaks is such a kingmaker, because he doesn't want to see this getting to be um, uh, Miami either. So he's helped put in commissioners that are, that are against that, which is good. So we'll, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Linda Harden, again, I never know what we're going to talk about. It's kind of like opening a box of chocolates. It's very exciting, isn't it? You never know what you're going to get. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, We've got some great guests for tomorrow, including uh, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, as well as Bob Levy. He is the Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. He'll be with us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you like the show, spread the word. Tell your friends. It's one of the ways we support our advertisers, and we could do this show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. (laughs) 
Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.